listening to the Geeks Interrupted podcast. You can listen to us live every Monday night from 8pm Eastern Time on 94.1 FM in Melbourne or via www.org.au. Alternatively, if you've got a smart device, you can download the TuneIn app and search for 3WBC. 94.1 FM, 3WBC. Good evening, it's Monday the 23rd of September 2013 and welcome to episode 33 of Geeks Interrupted, a weekly talk show about geek topics, tech, gadgets, pop culture, TV and film and other random stuff. Coming up on tonight's show, the entire NBN board resigns, GTA 5 earns $1 billion in just three days and hackers crack Apple's fingerprint scanner. In entertainment news, a country practice star Joyce Jacobs passes away. Rotten Tomatoes to offer ratings on TV shows, and we'll talk about the Emmys. We'll get to all that and much more right here on Geeks Interrupted, broadcasting and streaming live from the studios of 3WBC 94.1 FM. But first, here's Iggy Pop with Real Wild Child. I'm a real wild one. Wild one. Wild one. Wild one. Stop the food. 
You're listening to Geeks Interrupted on 3WBC 94.1 FM. That was Iggy Pop with Real Wild Child. Um, sorry, I'm just getting some signals from Andy, who is one of our co-hosts here. Oh, is he? Yes, he is. Oh, cool. Am I? You are. Sorry, oh. I'm just getting some signals down. Uh, my name is Daniel Olivares, and uh, joining me is our regular co-hosts, Andy Bloom. Andy, how are you? Oh, good evening, Dan. I'm great. Uh, how's your week been? Yes, it's been quite good, actually. How's your levels now? That's fantastic. Good. Oh, I can hear. Good. You can actually turn mine up a bit, too. Did you just turn that up at the same I time? I did. I did. That's, That's right. That'll do. And that was the voice of our other co-host, Phil Edwards. Phil, how are you? Good. How are you? Good. I've had a busy weekend. Have you? Yeah, I'm going to talk sports ball for a minute. Oh, God. Go, Wait, the, Hawk, go the Hawks Friday night. Yeah, they, they won the grand final, did they? No, well, they the won the preliminary final. Preliminary, ah. And then that was the, the AFL side. And then on Sunday, uh, broadcast, of course, live on 3WBC, uh, those would have heard the Box Hill Hawks, basically the seconds of the Hawthorne team, win the VFL grand final. Uh, now, the significant thing was, was that both games were against Geelong. Oh, really? So mm. you can get stuffed, <laughs> Geelong supporters. Are you, are you done there, Phil? Yes. Great. I, I, and one last thing. I got my ticket today for the AFL Grand Final. Yeah, I okay. saw so you, so you tweeted about that too. It's good. Now, uh, one thing I've noticed, if I could very quickly, Dan, is at the start of the show, uh, the host, whoever hosts that night, yeah. greets both of the other two co-hosts. Yes. But the two co-hosts never actually greet each other. Oh. So, uh, Phil, my other co-host, how are you doing tonight? Good, thanks, Andy. How are you going? Oh, pretty good. Look, I've got the, got the flu. It hasn't really shaken that, and I've got the bad knee. And, and, and you've got no pants on. As and no pants know. on. But apart from that, and, and the headache, and... Just no sweat marks on the seats. <laughs> Sorry, my... Apart from my, that, I'm great. We got just slipped. seven and a half minutes in before the sexy sex kicked in. We did well. We, we tried to restrain it. You know what we need to invest in? We need to invest in our own uh, microphone foams that we remove and replace when we come on air because mine stinks. Does it? <laughs> Does yours stink? It smells nice. I, I just took mine off. I'm, I'm naked. You're naked, naked. Mm, you're bareback. Because, see, I was using your mic all day yesterday. No, that means you smell nice. Oh, Thanks. Now, you shouldn't share microphones. No, sure. actually, the shields, you should really change, if, particularly if you're not well. Yeah. I'm going to put my muff back on. Uh, <laughs> yeah, won't be a moment. You. Can you hear that? <laughs> Slip it on, Andy. Slip it on. Professional. Mmm. Mm. Anyway. Anyway. Uh, we, on enough, we don't have any follow-up or feedback. Oh, it's very so unusual. I think it's I a, what's going on with Wes? Yeah, Wes. Uh, Wes. Uh, we haven't heard from Wes in a long time. Are you okay, Wes? Please send us a message. Yep. Yeah, just let us know you're okay. Yes. But um, in any case, if you are listening, uh, we do welcome your feedback and comments and questions. So how can they contact us, guys? Uh, geeks at Geeks On Air is the Twitter feed. Uh, we also have a, uh, a book face page. That's mm-hmm. facebook.com forward slash geeks interrupted. We also have a website, geeksinterrupted.fm. And dogbook.com forward slash Andy. What? I don't have oh. a cat book. Oh. I'm being stupid. Oh, okay. We also have a chat room. <laughs> Oh, dear. Uh, I love how the cat got this cut off. We have a chat room. We should say hello to everyone who's joined us in the chat room tonight. Hi, Rachel. Hi, everyone. Hi, Huggies. Laura Huggies. uh, We sang. Um, We've got Philo. I don't know who Philo is. I have no idea. We've got the monkey boy. You can can give me um, shield status if you like. What's that? Can you give me the shield? 
Oh, you want to shoot? You want the op, do you? Yeah. You want the op. I have no idea how then to do it, it, so then, I'll just let you do it. I've sent you an email, Phil. Don't I'll you, find it. You'll find it. Uh, if you do want to join in the fun as we go live to air, our chat room is uh, chat.geeksinterrupted.fm. Alternatively... You uh, can, sorry, I'll just continue on. You oh, can visit treelobster.geeksinterrupted.fm. And it wasn't a tree. It was a tree lobster. It's sounding yeah. worse every week. I know. I know. Yeah. We need to do, we need to do a proper recording of that as well. Yeah. We'll, we'll work on that. Um, yeah, but yeah. if you do miss out, well, it'd be kind of weird if you do miss out. The only way you're listening to this is via podcast. Tell everyone that you can also download a podcast of this show, uh, search for us in iTunes or go to geeksinterrupted.fm slash podcast, I think, and you'll find more details. <clears> and I'm just going to test us. something here. This is going to be really obscure. Yes. Uh, Caitlin, I won't be in tomorrow. And that'll do. Hmm. Phil's chucking a sickie. I'm not really. But um, my, uh, my work colleague has threatened to listen to the show. You nearly said partner, mm. didn't you? No, no. Not at all. I was watching your lips. I'll explain what I was going to say later. Uh, off air. Yeah. Anyway. And nothing rude at all. Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> all right. Let's go into some local news. This is what's happened this week. Uh, TPG has announced uh, NBN-like internet for half a million apartments in Australia. So TPG Telecommunications have announced plans to deliver NBN-like speeds to over half a million apartments by rolling out fibre optic cables to the basements of buildings. Sydney, Melbourne, Brisbane, Adelaide and Perth will be the initial target of the rollout, which will use the TPG's existing fibre optic cable. The service will deliver up to 100 megabytes per second, or megabits, sorry, per second with unlimited downloads for 69.99 per month. Now, apparently this was hidden in their annual report. Yes. And to be honest, I don't reckon people should get that excited about it. Yeah, for one thing, it is quite limited. Like, uh, for me, when I first read that, that, like, oh, that's awesome news. And then when I mentioned about apartments in these, um, in uh, Sydney, Melbourne, whatever, um, they're literally like CBD apartments I'll be getting to. So even if you're like five, ten, ten Ks away from the city, you're not going to yeah. be able to get so, that. So, but basically, what they're going to do is that they're going to release a stunted version of fiber to the node is effectively what they're doing. So they're going to, if their fiber passes, pa- passes, past your building, they will just put a juncture of that fibre into the basement and add a box on, and then if you decide to go with TPG, they'll unplug your copper cable that goes up into your building and replace it with theirs. Oh, okay. Or plug it into their equipment, I should say. So you don't even it's not even fibre up to your apartment, it's to your basement. So yeah, you're going to get massively improved speeds. Much in the way that they're saying fibre to the node will work, but it won't be that it's not a true fibre solution in a, in a sense. Hmm, okay. So in other words, they're doing it. They're saying, oh, we're doing this, but really they're going for wide coverage. The reason why they're doing apartment buildings is because with one splice of cable, they can reach 50 apartments or something like that. Yeah. So it's 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 a great idea, but... It's really that typical fragmentation of the industry that the MBN, in whatever guise it is, is trying to stop. Yeah, well. Hmm. I, I did have a quick look at other plans that TPG had, and they also have the, I'm presuming this is based on their business plans as well. They have, a, they have an unlimited fiber optic business plan, which is 
unlimited downloads and 100 megabits per second speeds, but it's you're looking at $300 a month. Yeah. Well. yeah. See, the other thing is is that the reason why they can they can offer it at this price is because if they've got their own fibre going past your building and, and obviously into the building, they're not using anyone else's equipment. So the, the $15, $20, $25 a month charge that they would pay Telstra or yeah. the NBN Co., doesn't exist in their case. It, it's all it's all their own investment, and it's all their own yeah profits. So that's well. how they can get away with it. Cool. Um, did you want to? We have another bit of news about the NBN. Did you want to go straight into that? We'll go into the. Let's the do it. Uh, as mentioned at the start, the entire NBN board resigns. So the board members of NBN Co have offered to resign on mass, falling on their sword amid suggestions they do not have the confidence for the incoming government. The chairwoman. Um, Siobhan, what was it? Or Siobhan, Siobhan McKenna. Siobhan McKenna has submitted her resignation to the Minister of Communications, Malcolm Turnbull, but as discussed with Phil during the music break, that ain't the case. Uh, along with the rest of the board, former Telstra boss Ziggy uh, Swatsky. Switkowski. Switkowski. Mr. Three Gig Cap. Yes, is waiting in the wings to be appointed executive chairman. You, you have... <laughs> You have to admit, though, that uh, Zwiggy Switkowski um, um, was nowhere near the level uh, of incompetence that Sol Trulio was. Oh, true. That's very true. Um, look, the reality is, is that um, the as is happening with a lot of government departments at the moment, the new government has come in. They have been installed by the previous government, and would be fulfilling a um, a brief that the previous government gave them, and if they don't believe they can work to that brief, that brief they will resign. There is one board member that may stay on, um, and I can't remember the name offhand, but uh, she has been quite critical of some of the delays and what have you. Oh, that was, uh, I think it was Miss Kerry Schott, or Kerry yeah. Schott. I'm not sure if that's a Miss or Mrs. Mr. or Mrs. Now, so the, the thing that you need to, the, the other thing about Siobhan McKenna is an interesting one, because Siobhan McKenna, who's the chairperson, and has only been there for a few months of the MBN, is um uh is the co um managing director or something like that of a company called Illyria or Luria Investments. What are they? Are they just an investment company? Or um, well, the other managing partner in this investment company is Lachlan Murdoch, mm. and they own a fair share of the Ten Network. Yes, uh, and also they own DMG Radio, so Nova and. Uh, uh, the Nova Network and what is now Smooth FM. Now, Malcolm Turnbull was quite critical of her expertise as well, saying she lacked expertise in, well, the, in the yeah, industry. In, in, when she was in McKinsey Consulting uh, prior to joining Illyria, that uh, she did have some experience in telecommunications. But, look, I think you'll find that um, with uh, Quigley going, the, the current CEO of MBN Co., they will, um, regardless of what the situation is with the MBN, um, they will appoint a board um, and a CEO that is focused on uh, infrastructure rollout as opposed to being an internet company because that's for, first and foremost what they are at the moment. That is the majority of what their, their role is. And then as they move to completion of the MBN, they will move to more of a... Um, uh, move to more of a, uh, um, a, a telecommunications wholesale provider. Yep. The concern I have with, with one of the things that's been talked about with the NBN 
is whether the Liberal Party or the, the coalition, I should say, who are now in government, um, will be focusing on uh, the uh, look. They'll be looking at the option of having private investment in the NBN, mm. and and I don't think at this point in time, at this point in time, it is worthwhile to do that because the NBN, in its current form and it, its form that it will be for the next ten years, is not a money making business. What However, the, sorry, one thing, mm-hmm. when the network is finished, it will be worth a fortune and will be worth a lot more to the government then, which they then can sell it off. Look, I, I did read something interesting on uh, the internet today, um, which was debating this news. And one of those comments was the coalition or the Liberal government yep. is at present setting up NBN Co or the NBN in itself, to fail, to be a failure. So they can then say that this was a labour project that we inherited, it went down the shitter, and it's all labour's fault. It it may be a calculated move, it, I don't know. Um, but, look, we, we know that the Liberals don't support NBN in its current form or the labour form perfect way, given the amount of money that's been poured into it to date, to, I suppose, set it up as a, a Labor scapegoat. Look, I think I think that they're too far they're too far into it to completely scrap it. I think that's that's become obvious. Um, the what will be interesting is whether a company see Telstra is now apparently turning. Uh, there's rumours to suggest that Telstra is turning around and saying uh, we'll complete the project. And maybe that maybe that's an option. Mm. Um, Telstra Telstra's um, have changed their mind on uh, on the NBN of recent times since David Toadie took over, and I think it's a positive step. Um, but uh, you know, Telstra do have the expertise and they have the knowledge in that organisation to complete that project. Okay, I mean, I know we're obviously not going into details here, but they had control of the copper network, and it basically stuffed the way the internet runs in this country. Not from an operational point of view, just the commercial aspect. And if they were to complete NBN, we don't want to repeat. Because the idea of the NBN was to take it away from Telstra's hands. Yeah, but, but, but there's, there's, two, there's two ways to look at it here. We're not necessarily saying that t- t- the, the Telstra will own the NBN. We're saying that Telstra would potentially put their hand up to have a contract to complete the infrastructure. Okay. I mean, I was, I, and I know there's there's semantics there. The other problem, the other problem is, is that what, the reason why we've got to where we are today in this country um, uh, is there, there's two ways to look at it. Number one, the Labor government of Paul Keating uh, slash Bob Hawke corporatised Telstra, so they turned it into a true commercial entity. Um, so they're partly to blame. Um, the Howard government is partly to blame because they then privatised. Telstra, but they did so at a critical point where the um, the internet hadn't kicked in. the The coaxial copper network cable that is the coaxial cable network, the HFC network that they use in Sydney, Melbourne, Brisbane for Foxtel, was designed to be a television um, network, not a internet network. Mm-hmm. 
the problem was was that we went through a period of deregulation in Australia, which has worked quite successfully in the mobile phone spectrum. But the thing with mobile phones is that it's easy to put a tower up. It's not easy to run cabling in every dig street. Up, dig up the ground and put <clears throat> cables underneath. Yeah, now yeah. Optus built their network and look at the condition of that network. Mm. I mean, you can say all you like about the cable, the copper network, but the Telstra HFC network is just has been, basically been let to rot. Mm. Um, and that's because they spent $1.5 billion or something like that and they did Melbourne and Sydney. They did hardly anything, or you know, Melbourne, Sydney, and a bit of Brisbane. So, the whole point of the MBN was to say, to make an uncommercially viable decision to roll out this massive network across the country, and once it's completed, they would then become commercially viable at some point to sell off. And I'm hoping that they continue to do that in whatever form it is. But the reality was, reality is as much as I would prefer a fibre to the premises, and I'm repeating something I've said on the show many times, as much as I'd prefer a fibre to the premises network... At least we're getting a fibre to the... No. At least we're getting an NBN, which means that in, in areas we will have a true choice of internet provider on an even keel. Yeah. I know it's not perfect, but that... That for me but, but is the most than, important. Better thing. something than nothing at all. Better than being stuck with what we got. Yes, right now. because because in my specific area, I have no choice. I have to have a Telstra resold service, mm-hmm. and it's about twenty or thirty dollars a month more expensive than anyone else. I, I sell up and move. That's the answer. Well, then I'd have to pay thirty-five thousand dollars in stamp duty under a new house. Yeah, but if cheap. you pay for that, I'm happy to do. Uh, look, maybe we'll take up a, a collection fund from our listeners. Sounds good. You can mm-hmm. donate to uh, the Phil Edwards Moving House MBN Fund through so three WBC. Yeah, we only, we only need uh, based on our current listener base that's seven thousand dollars per listener. That's correct. Indeed, hey, I'm not I'm not putting in anything. So okay, <laughs> that brings it back to ten. Now brings it up to ten. Actually, <laughs> all right, we'll go to a quick break and then we'll go into some more tech news in some uh, here's some Franz Ferdinand oh when I woke up tonight I said I gotta make somebody love me I'm gonna make somebody
You're listening to Geeks Interrupted on 3WBC 94.1 FM. That was Franz Ferdinand with Do You Want To? Are you trying to make a fart sound? Like yeah, this? why not? It was a nice echo to that, too. Ness. 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 Oh, God. Train Man wants to know if there's a mobile friendly version of the chat room. What have they been doing? No, no, I think, I think he's, he's, he wants, wants to use it on the mobile device. Oh, I was device. having a look in the chat room. Hi, Train Man. He's just joined us, uh, recently in the chat room. Chat.geeksinterrupted.fm. Thank you, Train Man. Uh, Andy, we also had some feedback. Our, our actual begging of feedback work. Yay. Yay. <laughs> Indeed. Um, well, we, we did mention at the start of the show that we had no feedback this week, uh, which is odd because while we had the song playing, it was Franz Ferdinand, is that mm-hmm. right? Yes. Uh, I actually got a text message from one of our listeners in Brisbane, and that was Erin. And listeners of the podcast will remember that she joined us for an extended podcast one night. It was a very entertaining uh, evening over the phone. Oh, yeah. It was actually quite sexy. Indeed, it was. Oh, God. So, anyway, uh, I received a text message. I like the trail end ones mm-hmm. that you're reading. I know. I received a text message from Erin. And she said uh, in the text that she hasn't had a chance to listen to last week's podcast yet. Hasn't downloaded it. That was that it wasn't was... the type of text message Kerry used to get. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I remember, I remember right. that. Yeah, took me a sec, but yeah, yeah. Um, that that did show the support. Indeed, <laughs> that some people had <laughs> long and hard. Yes. Um, so I, I texted her back and said, "No, so, when has she moved to Brisbane?" That's right. Sorry. Uh, why haven't you listened to the podcast yet? And she said, because I haven't got much uh, internet quota left this month, uh-huh. and I need to have enough to download Big Brother. Uh-huh. Oh, so, my Lord. I, yeah. I'm quite happy to say that I have not watched one solitary minute of Big Brother this year. Did I? No. It doesn't interest me at Whereas all. Whereas season one, 2001, on Channel 10, I was actually full on into it, but mm-hmm. I refuse now. Yeah. So anyway, uh, thanks, Aaron, for the thank, feedback. Thank you for that. All right. Let's go into some uh, tech news. Uh, GTA 5, or Grand Theft Auto, uh, sets record by earning $1 billion in just three days. It took 24 hours for the latest GTA game to earn $800 million, making it the fastest-selling video game in the world. Uh, today, publisher Take-Two Interactive announced that in three days, the game has now surpassed $1 billion in sales, setting yet another record. And I believe that record is the biggest entertainment launch in history. Oh, there you go. Fantastic. That is a lot of money. And there was a, um, I put, checked in, in the show notes here as well, a website, Dorkly, that does video game um uh, jokes and, and news that have things worth less than what Grand Theft Auto V made in one day, which is the $800 billion. Let's work with that that mm-hmm. figure. Uh, Call of Duty Black Ops 2 uh, day one sales earned $500 million as well, so it really exceeded that. Uh, some other examples is the daily GDP of G- uh, uh, Singapore, Singapore uh, $757 million, so they earned more than a country. Wow. Mm-hmm. So they could buy buy a country. Oh, yeah. Uh, no, well, for today, maybe. Mm-hmm. 
But yeah, they, they, that, that's a fair bit of money. Now, guys, uh, are you gamers? Have you played GTA Five? No. No. No, I did have uh, GTA on the PS2 when I owned one before I got robbed and it was stolen. Oh. Um, that was many years That's ago. That's ironic. Yeah, it was, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. Um, considering I stole the console from the W's. <laughs> no, I did not. Um, <laughs> no, I did not. It just came out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, but uh, look, I, I'm not a gamer really. I mean, I, I do play things like Flight Sim and Train Sim, but not really into games. The console or, yeah. or the, all these sort of games. Uh, I've... I, I've played up to GTA 4. I haven't, I've bought GTA 5 on eBay. Um, I wasn't there at that launch. I think last week was the actual uh, midnight launch of GTA 5. It was because well. we were walking to the station. That's right. We were walking to the station. We went past the game shop there as well, EB Games. And, um, yeah, there was already a, a bit of a queue, well, like five people, but mind you, that was 10 o'clock. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It wasn't until midnight they'll be opening and selling all their, and, all their uh, GTA 5s. A quick shout-out to uh, EB Games Box Hill. Yay. Hello. Give us free uh, free games. But not me, though. I already bought uh, GTA 5. I'll hopefully, hopefully be playing that soon as well. Got it on eBay for 62 bucks mm-hmm. from mm. Singapore. See, I, I have no time. To play these games. See, the problem is I have to, I have to sacrifice something in order to take up something. So with podcasting, that I rec- I blame for listening to podcasts for not able to read enough books. If I go into reading books or audio books, I don't have enough time for podcasting. If it's watching TV, don't have time to play video games. Play video games and yeah. So, can I launch into a really crap segue? Yes. yes. Now, uh, when we were off air a moment ago for the song, Dan mentioned to me that it's very noticeable that my cold is showing through and the sniffles are being picked up by the microphone. I thought it was your sexy voice. It was. But, no, don't play that sound. All right. Um, Now, speaking of sniffing, Mm -hmm. and we spoke about EB Games in Box Hill, but did you hear about the EB Games stunt in in the Gold Coast? What did they do? I did hear that something happened, but I'm not quite sure. Was this related to the game being about uh, violence and, and robberies and... Drugs? Drugs? Well, they had a cocaine stunt. Uh, basically, what happened is the... Uh, a Gold Coast EB game store. Uh, they decorated their uh, counters for the launch uh, with fake cocaine. It was actually Whizfizz or Sherbet. Sherbet. Or Sherbet. Orange Sherbet. But, yeah... Corporate uh, EB were not very impressed with this, and it did garner many complaints. Of course it would. Well, uh, hang on. Let's just step back a sec. I can see maybe it wouldn't be necessarily the right thing to do, but think about the the, the, the audience that the game is aimed at. And, and, and <laughs> it's, uh, in, it, when, if you're going to go into it, there's got another point, but go on. Okay, but it's aimed at you kill... Pro- I think you kill prostitutes, or you sleep with them, you rob cars, you... It, in, if you if you isolate it like that, mm. I can totally understand with what you're saying. However, yeah. do you need to be over eighteen to enter the store to enter the store to buy the game? Uh, you don't have to be over eighteen to enter, enter the store, but and this is another point, but you have to be eighteen to buy the game because it is an R-rated game. But that doesn't stop the mums and dads going there buying it for the kids. No, 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 well, no. So. But but what I'm saying what I'm saying is is that. Um, uh, the local servo sells a magazine in a plastic wrapper, 
right? So because it's been imported. No, it? no, because well, no, it's in a plastic wrapper, be so <laughs> yeah. that you can't people inappropriately can't flick through the pages in the store. Yeah. But does that mean to sell that magazine, we should have a stripper on a pole at the front counter? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. well, you're trying to make a point. Okay. I, I think I think no. the point being is that you would only be in the store at that hour. I mean, this was a midnight launch for the purpose of buying this game. It's not like it was just there during general trading hours. I know, but... So, I mean, it, it, as I said, the audience this game was focused at, yeah. someone's someone's got the shits off somewhere. Like uh, Dan said, it's, mm. a, it's a mum who's, you know, little eight-year-old Johnny there to buy GTA V. Doesn't quite understand what the game's about. No, 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 no. He perfectly... I mean, mum doesn't 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 know. That's what I meant. (laughs) So she's probably the one who's complained, but come on, let's be fair. Yeah, just just have cocaine. It's fine. Yeah. (laughs) Did anyone snort the sherbet? No. I would have. No. Yeah. (laughs) All right, well, uh, we'll talk about GTA V with... Uh, earning $1 billion. Let's go to the other end. $1 billion. BlackBerry to retreat from consumer market lays off 4,500 employees. As rumoured earlier this week, BlackBerry is to lay off uh, 4,500 employees, around 40% of its workforce, and retreat from the consumer market. The layoff news comes in an unexpected early earnings guidance release in which the struggling manufacturer reveals its expected to book losses totaling almost $1 billion in its most recent quarter. What happened, BlackBerry? It's, you've lost, you've lost it. Now, okay, a couple of things. See, BlackBerry are going to try and do a few things. They're, so they're, they're moving away from that. Where they, um, where they have, uh, what they were also supposed to do is they're supposed to really release BlackBerry messaging apps for iOS and Android they were due this week, and they're late. Hmm. So, all isn't well on all fronts in 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 uh, in. So, what, is it just a case of them not having the market share anymore? It's just gone to Android the, the, and iOS. The, they have they've had bad sales in regards to their new smartphones. So the Z10 and the Q10 that they've mm-hmm. released. This is the, I think the new operating system, BlackBerry 10. It's a it looks looks iOS like as well, but um. Okay, well, let me let me ask this if I could. Yeah, uh, I understand that um, BlackBerry have very specialised solutions for integrating their services and and uh, handsets into an existing um, infrastructure, network infrastructure, corporate yeah. infrastructure. Yeah. Am I correct in saying that? Yes, no? yes. It's probably easier to integrate uh, iOS and Android devices mm-hmm. than it is to integrate BlackBerry. Correct? Yes. I don't know a lot about BlackBerry, I will be honest there. No. I, I do have an older BlackBerry phone. It's mm-hmm. a BlackBerry OS 5. And, uh, yeah, they do have machines, uh, programs that are dedicated to that. But I have a hand-me-down phone. And, <clears throat> uh, all of, I'm probably one of probably a handful of people that still have a BlackBerry at work. And so, everyone else is using yeah. iOS or Android. So, so the, thing, the thing is that, um, that my wife's work, the, the office, were using almost solely Blackberries. Yep. Um, and... They, um, uh, they have since moved over to all iPhone devices. Um, when the, in their previous guys, when they had to have a BlackBerry server installed on their small business server, and I, this is only a you know a twenty or five, twenty or thirty user uh, system, but it would be similar when you're scaling up to to medium as well. Um, 
that uh, they would have the BlackBerry server running. The amount of times that I knew my wife or her assistant had to log in and reboot the BlackBerry server was huge because it had hooked into the exchange on their end. Since they've been running iOS devices, no issues. Native integration with Exchange. Well, I think, uh, I mean, I work in uh, a networking field. Um, As If I were a network administrator and I had to do a project like this, part of that project would come down to cost. If it was cheaper to go iOS or Android, you'd be going for those platforms over BlackBerry. Yeah. And that's going to have a big big part in it. <clears throat> the thing is, the BlackBerry still will have some options uh, in the enterprise um, uh, market. I was looking at the uh, Sydney Morning Herald, and I think it was in The Age the other day, that um, in the IT section that the... ATO, for example, is going to continue using BlackBerry as their solution. Now, where this becomes interesting is that they're saying they're not necessarily going to roll out BlackBerry devices, but they're going to use their enterprise software. And one of the advantages of it, and obviously the ATO deals with emails that have sensitive information that they don't want on portable devices out there, Mm -hmm. the um, BlackBerry uh, software can actually determine using classifications on emails determine what information to send to a a device and what not to send to a device. So, for example, if something, uh, I know the Defence Signals Directorate have set, set out classifications for federal government uh, emails. So you've got unclassified, um, unofficial, unclassified, in, per, uh, in confidence and things like that. I, I can't remember what they all are. Offhand. Is that what I see in the subject field, in brackets at the top? Yes. Okay, Yes, and I, I mean I do work for a government department, so, but I mean obviously I don't speak for them. But um, if I've sent an email from from my work, you will have seen that. Um, the, the situation is is that they've they are able to del- to delineate that, but what it also can mean is that they are able to have a I could have a personal device, a personal iOS device, and using the BlackBerry apps I can access work information, but using the native apps I can have personal information, and it can separate that information out, which is I can actually see some benefit in that. Hmm. But BlackBerry, the problem is is that the BlackBerry have have no hold in the consumer market. No. And the consumer market now is driving um, the corporate market because CEOs go home or people in the high end go home and their kids are using iPads and things like that. And they go to their IT department and say, I want to use an iPad. I want to use an iPhone. I don't want this BlackBerry crap. Mm -hmm. And they're forcing – it used to be the IT department forcing the user. It's the other way around. It's now pushing it back to the other way. Uh, one more article before we go into another break. Um, since all those people, 4,500 employees should, would be uh, probably looking for some uh, new jobs soon. They might sign up with LinkedIn. But some news here. LinkedIn is sued by users who say it hacked email accounts and stole contact lists. A group of LinkedIn users are suing a social networking site for allegedly hacking into their email accounts. And a com- a complaint filed in a San Jose court this week that users accused LinkedIn of accessing the email so the company can mine out a list of contacts and send spam-like emails. The suit claims that LinkedIn is able to download these addresses without requiring or requesting the password for the external email accounts or obtaining users' consent. Do both of you guys have a LinkedIn account or have you noticed any spam or naughty behavior with your 
accounts. No, I, I had a LinkedIn account. Uh, I think I ended up deactivating it uh, about a year ago just because of the amount of emails and crap that they sent me. And these were legitimate emails, so I just got sick of everything coming through and turned it off. Yeah, look, I've got an account. I don't really use it. Yeah, I, I do have one and I do update it, but I don't use it as like a Facebook. That There's an option so you can do status updates and whatnot. It's like, no, it's just my online resume. Yeah, that's it. But I, I personally myself haven't noticed any any uh, such behavior with um, my misuse of my email address. But they are pushy about it as well. Every time you log in, it's like, hey, you know, you, we notice you have a Gmail account. Would you be interested in using that to log in? and search for other contacts. Weren't uh, LinkedIn hacked some time ago? Like uh, a couple, we reported they, this, they I'm pretty were, sure. They were a while ago. I think they introduced some new security, they introduced some new security measures recently. So um, that may be why, or that, that may be a result of that. Uh, I do recall there was some issue with their security as well, but I think this is LinkedIn themselves. Mm. But we'll wait and see how this um, court case develops. Mm, interesting. Cool. All right, we're going to go to another song break. Cool. This is Ellie Goulding.
Listening to Geeks Interrupted on the 3 WBC 94.1 FM. That was Ellie Goulding with Anything Could Happen. On this show, that's right. Pretty much. Uh, let's go into some Google news. Uh, Google buys Bump to share anything between your phone and laptop. Now, you guys may remember that uh, one of the first, I would say an early iOS app, was this uh, feature called um, uh, Bump. And what it was, was if you if I had Bump on my iPhone or iOS device, and, uh, and let's say Andy had the same uh, application as well. If we'd uh, bump bump our phones together or our fists together, that would share whatever information we had on, on that uh, application. Well, Google just bought that app. Um, what it does, it transfers files, photos, and videos between your phone and your laptop. I forgot that. The latest one was also having a, a uh, I think, a... Um, a desktop version. Uh, terms of the deal were not released. The app allows to select anything on your phone, photos, files, and transfer it to your computer simply by bumping the spacebar of your laptop and vice versa. So is this just another version of uh, the inbuilt iOS AirDrop, is it? Yes. So I think... Have you, <clears throat> you got AirDrop turned on? Sorry? Do you have AirDrop turned on? Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, actually, I don't think I have, but I'll, um, I'll try it now. now actually, we, actually now, haven't used it yet. Now, we'll, we'll jump ahead. We do ha- all have iOS 7 devices now. We We've do. We've all updated, so mm-hmm. I'll turn on my uh, AirDrop as well. But yes, this was the few years just before AirDrop uh, was a commonplace now with all our devices. And um, uh, yeah, so Google have bought them out, and uh, they'll... Um, see what I do with them. The other interesting thing as well with Bump is that uh, Bump as a company, they also uh, they also make the uh, collaborative photo album called Flock, which allows you to take photos of an event or vacation with friends and share them all between you. That's something Facebook just made potentially obsolete with its new shared photos album. 
but not if Google incorporates it into Google Plus in some way. So we'll wait and see. Mm. All right, let's go into some more Google news. Google to buy 100% of electricity from 240 megawatts. Uh, Texas Wind Farm. Cool. That's interesting. Uh, Andy, did you want to... Sorry, have did, I... Did you want to go into this article? Or? Um, yeah, basically, so... Uh, Google, uh, well, there's a big push in the corporate world, especially with tech companies, to look at uh, renewable resources and clean energy and so forth. Uh, I believe Apple uh, led the way recently, uh, earlier this year, with uh, a new data centre. I think it was Apple that uh, a lot of a lot of the energy, if not all of it, was produced through uh, clean uh, methods. Uh, Google, which is also dubbed the king of the internet as his article says, uh, they've announced that they've uh, entered into a, an agreement to buy all of the electricity uh, from a wind farm in Texas, and that's a giant 240-megawatt wind farm. It's called Happy Hereford Wind Farm. Aww. Sounds very corporate doesn't it? That's a nice name. Uh, so, yeah, that's in uh, Amarillo, Texas. I'm just having a quick look through the article now, waiting for the 3WBC Wi-Fi to kick in. Um yeah, so it's expected to start producing energy in late 2014, so we're looking at maybe about 12 months from now. And that's actually uh, a Native American-based company. Oh, wow. Interesting. Oh, there you go. I mean, Google's always doing nice things, and uh, I'm presuming this is just one of their, you know, well, let's all, you know, be good to the environment. Mm. So there we oh, go. Nice good on, good on Google. Good on you, Google. Now, on the topic of Google, or more uh, specifically its Android platform, uh, you guys may have heard of uh, Synergen. Now, uh, Synergen, uh, makers of popular software based on Android that extends the abilities of smartphones, is making a bid for the mainstream. The four-year-old company, which began as a one-person side project, said today it has raised $7 million from Benchmark Capital and Redpoint Ventures. The goal is to vault past BlackBerry, not too hard, and Windows Phone to become the third most popular mobile operating system after traditional Android and iOS. Mm. And the company is already closer than you may think. Um, if I understand, it already has 8 million users, but not only counts users who have elected to share data with Synergen, and they believe that figure is probably two or three times that amount. In comparison, at Windows Phone's current market share is at 4% at the moment. So it would be interesting to see. And, and, and this, I, I guess in one sense, kind of highlights the fragmentation sort of point that we've always discussed about with Android, but it's interesting that it can actually develop its own platform based on Android and probably be quite big, quite successful. Okay. I, the other thing is variation on Android. Isn't that annoying? <laughs> Fragmentation of the market. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> I just got distracted. Sorry, I'm changing the subject slightly. Because yeah. I looked at our Twitter feed, at Geeks on Air, mm. and Huggies posted a photo of himself, or partial of himself, watching, listening to the show. Oh, did he? Oh, and he's using his um, iPad to cover his uh, private parts. Yeah. <laughs> Which he would put pants on, please. Yes. Oh, hi, Huggers. I'm just looking at his leg. I think that's his leg. I hope so. I hope it is. I'm feeling very inadequate otherwise. Mm. Oh, my. <laughs> Hang on, let me just look at a photo. I'll right retweet it. I, I, you know something? I'd feel even more inadequate if that was an iPad Mini. 
true. <laughs> anyway. There we go. Wow, 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 wow. Hang on, I think I do have that. As yeah, well. so we got a bit distracted there because I was playing around with uh, AirDrop. Did you get the photo I sent? Uh, I don't know. I'm trying to work it out. Someone came up as iPhone, but that was it. So where, where does it show up? Because I've turned it on. Okay, so I've just sent someone's iPhone. That's probably, that may be me. It's just saying iPhone. Yeah. Can you actually call yeah. your phone a name? There you go. So I've turned it on. I don't know. Anyway. Yeah, no, I don't know. Should we get oh, back on Exciting radio. All right. Palmer uh, <coughs> uh, calls Google a monopoly that authorities should control. So Microsoft unveiled its new Bing logo and design this week. Yay. And yesterday, CEO Steve Ballmer opted to highlight his concerns over Google's business practices. During a presentation at Microsoft's financial analyst meeting, uh, Ballmer discussed how Microsoft might generate money in consumer services in consumer services, we'll stop. Uh, Google does it, he noted. They have an incredible, amazing, dare I say, monopoly that we are the only person left on the planet trying to compete with. Asked by an analyst how Microsoft can attack Google's dominance in search and advertising, Bulmer explained, we're the only guys in the world trying with the Bing search engine. What are your thoughts about this, boys? Well, I think Steve Bulmer needs to uh, remove his head from his ass, basically. Um Basically, he's calling Google a monopoly that authorities should control. Come on, look at the irony of Obama, yeah. Microsoft saying that. Sorry, that, that's all, that's all I'm going to say. He's going, he's going. He's going, he doesn't know what he's doing. So. Yeah, look, I, I think this is him just throwing stones because he can, and yeah, seriously. Everyone's getting naked in the chat room, by the way. Are they? Hang on, let me just check it out. But yes, please go to chat.geeksinterrupted.com. Dot .fm to see all the nakedness. And there's no pictures there, but there are a lot of text, a lot of sexy text as well. So do oh check dear. it out. Oh, for God's sake. <laughs> <laughs> I reckon you got a little bit of startled when that came on, because you sort of just been... Mm. 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 It was a mixture of being startled and excitement. Mm. Star excitement. Mm. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you being star excited. <laughs> Have we just created a new word? I think star so. Star excited. I think we Spe- have. Speaking of Stark, or stop being Stark, <laughs> did you want to go to a WTF news item? Sure. Yeah. yeah. You probably know this one. Oh, you want me to bring this one yes, up? Yes, considering you don't want to put it in. I'll yeah. put the other one in, but... Well, I'm going to bring this one up. All right. Up. All right. And I'm up. just scrolling down to the article. Yeah. Now, I don't know if uh, any of you... Now, Phil, I'm going to go to Phil on this one, because I know you attend a lot of football matches at yes. the MCG. And you get the train in quite often. Yes. And for those not listening, sorry, for those listening outside of Melbourne, uh, MCG is near Richmond Railway Station. Oh, no, yes, I did read this article, actually. Yeah, now, you probably walk past these buildings every day on the, when you go to the footy. Yeah, I do. Uh, and that's, that would be the, uh, it's a row of terrace houses that are brothels. Yes. <gasps> Nothing to do with tech, but uh, I'm sure they have technology items inside, so that they will justify the... Um, connection here um i've seen um someone whom we might have on the same twitter feed tweeting from there really yeah oh dear we, let's not go into that no but that's but, it uh, yeah we might talk about it during the fat break well the reason we're bringing this up is those uh particular properties have been placed on the market for sale each one has a, its own bathroom or no has a shower in the room mm-hmm. they do uh, <laughs> uh it's been uh, listed by uh <laughs> by Jealous Craig, real estate agents, 
And it says uh, in their listing, to inspect, access from rear. And that's actually in that's actually in the listing. Oh, okay. It says there are six large bedrooms, each with its own shower, complemented by a reception room, four adaptable additional rooms, and an older-style kitchen. And uh, as befitting a former brothel, the bedrooms come equipped with uh, come with extravagant beds and wall-to-wall mirrors. Uh, Just like your house, Andy. Sorry. Just like your house. <laughs> yeah. Um, Just like your sex dungeon. Anyway, the... Uh, Toby Mr. drinking out of the water in the bath in the corner of the room. <laughs> Jesus. Well, Mr. Smith of Jealous Craig says the property covered two terraces on separate titles, but it would be sold as one at auction and expected to fetch $1.5 million. And it's been already classified as uh, a brothel space, so you can continue to use it for that if you wish. Mm, but you uh, before it closed its doors, it was described as a premier bordello and executive escort service offering a lady of your choice, a lady, for 230 an hour. Bargain. <clears throat> um, right. So the, the interesting thing is that, um, so what I tend to do is that uh, with friends, we play Tag Wars yep. when we're at the MCG. So um, uh, someone will tag someone in at the MCG and I'll uh, then tag them in at the Cricketers Arms Hotel, which is just up the road, mm-hmm. and then someone will tag me in at that particular location. Yep. And then I'll then someone found um, party at Molly Meldrum's house or something as a place to tag. Oh, that's cool. So there's all <laughs> these weird tags in that area. You should have a look in on Foursquare or yeah. Facebook or something like that at, at some stage. Foursquare, but, you can make up any sort of place or venue. So yeah, yeah. oh yeah. But what's interesting is uh, just to finish off this article, uh, it does state that uh, Richmond, despite its colourful background, only has two brothels in business. Uh, South Melbourne has the most of any suburb in Melbourne with 11. And the most well-known ones in South Melbourne have got Gotham City and the Boardroom. And Dan will be doing a review of those uh, in the extended podcast section. Hmm. Excellent. Thanks, Dan. We'll we'll round out this hour with something... Close to tech-related, it's science-related, and that's that's not even covering this topic. A Nigerian grad student uses magnets to prove gay marriage is wrong. So an award-winning student at the University of Lagos is claiming that he is disproved gay marriage through science, and he's used the power of magnets to do so. His groundbreaking work is backed by the university. He claims his experiments show that the north and south poles of magnets are attracted to each other, but same poles repel each other. Hence, science proves there's no such thing as gay marriage. Wow. Wow, that's really smart stuff there. So. Indeed. Mm. Uh, Dan, I've got a question. Yes. Um, we've been talking about uh, brothels. Mm-hmm. And, and magnets. And magnets. Mm. And I'm, I have to be honest, I think Phil is too. I'm feeling a bit frisky. The music's playing as well. Is there something you can do to... Help with its friskiness. I reckon we should have a fat break. Yeah. I reckon that would help us. What out. a fantastic idea! And you know what I'll do? I'll play two songs in a row, back yeah. to back. Oh yeah! Cold hard cash. All right. Going to give us your radio voice, Phil. G'day, you're listening to ninety four point one FM three WBC. Geeks interrupted. Cool. I see. I see. Cool kids are cool. Yeah. <laughs> I can All do right. my fifties radio voice. No, we better go. We need. <clears throat> we need. We need that break. Desperately. Awesome. All right, we'll catch you guys in a tick. I wouldn't 
104.1 FM, 3WBC. I'm Peter Cassidy, host of the Saturday Afternoon Program, and if you enjoy the wide variety of programs presented on 94.13 WBC, we'd like you to become a member. Members can support the running of the station by participating in the management committee and working groups, training as presenters and producers, 
and becoming involved in fundraisers and special events. Full membership is $25 a year with concessions available for pensioners, students, families and businesses. To find out how to get more out of your community radio station, drop into the Box Hill Town Hall Hub or phone during business hours on 9285 4846. 9285 4846. Or visit our website on www.3wbc.org.au and select Membership. A new and satisfying interest will be yours when you join the 94.13 WBC team. We are your community radio station and voice of the Inner East. You're listening to Geeks Interrupted on the 3 WBC 94.1 FM. That was very uh, old-timey music with that... Uh 3WBC announcement, wasn't it? Yes, that announcement was um, Peter Cassidy, I believe. Yeah, from the Saturday afternoon program. Yes. Yeah, thanks, Peter, and also the Monday morning program too. Mm-hmm. There you go. And, but that was our uh, little membership promo, so if yeah. you're interested in joining up. You should support 3WBC. We have. Not only did we ruin the whole station for two hours, but we were so uh, compensated for being members as well. Apparently it's also naked night on the chat room. I know, it's horrible. And we're getting these... Uh, Oh, gee, I just looked at our Twitter stream. It's, <laughs> I'm going to vomit. Anyway, let's talk about something that should make us vomit. Let's talk about some Apple news. Oh, I had an apple for lunch. Oh, did you? Yeah. Oh, an actual fruit. Yeah, I did. Is that what we're talking about? No, we're going to talk about Apple computers. Oh. Apple inks. Apple products. inks that make computers and iPhones and other devices that we'd like yes. to play with. Now, uh, both iOS 7 the operating system and the new iPhones, the iPhone 5C and 5S, were released this week or last week. What are your thoughts? Have you actually checked out the new phones? Yes. Yes. Uh, strangely enough, I uh, went to Apple Apple Store in High Point. When? It's, uh, it's Friday. Uh, I was there Saturday. Ah, but the thing is, um, as you can probably tell, I've been fairly unwell the last week or two with uh, the flu, cold, whatever you want to call it. Um, and I had faulty ear pods. And I just wandered in there to see if I can get someone to replace them for a good working pair. And walked in there not even <coughs> making the connection that it was uh, launch day at the time. And um, did the swap. They gave me new earpods. And then I realized, hang on, there's new shinies today. Yes. So wandered over to that one corner of the store where everyone was congregating and checked out the new phones. Um, the 5Ss, well, they're just much the same as the 5, which is what I've got now. I did look at the gold variant. Um, initially, I'll be honest, I wasn't sold on the gold phone, but having seen it in person and held it in my hand, I wouldn't buy one, but they're not that bad to look at. I, My personal opinion in regards to the 5S is, look, they, both phones, the 5S and the 5C, look exactly like an iPhone 5. So there's no real... I mean, yes, there's Mm -hmm. cosmetic differences. But in regards to the 5S, I I liked all the colours. The black and... I think grey, space grey, that's that's the name of the the black version now. Uh, That one was fine, typical black phone. Um, The silver was fine. I kind of confused the silver with the gold as well as that that sort of like slight difference you can tell. But gold looked quite nice. It was was not Mm. bad. Um, But I was actually quite surprised with the five C's. I actually thought, looking at the pictures, I thought the colours would have been too neon, too crappy. It worked really well. Yeah. In oh. in person, it was quite nice, and it was a very nice, solid 
feel of the, of the uh, solid back. I thought the same. Like, mm. I, I thought they looked very tacky uh, in the pictures, but when I did hold one in my hands and have a good look at them, uh, once again, I probably wouldn't buy one, um, but they don't look that bad. Uh, look, I agree. Um, the the criticism the the criticism I have of the iPhone five C by itself mm-hmm. is particularly with all the colours they've got the black fronted screens which I actually reckon they look better with white. It's a personal opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, and while this has got nothing specifically to do with the phone itself, I hate the silicon cases they've got for them with all the holes in them. Oh, they're crap. That's a real What's, big. I don't, I, don't like, why, like, I don't see what they're the point like. Of it they're is. like uh, Crocs. Yeah, yeah, but I don't see the point of it. It'll the, the you'll take the case off and they'll have scratches of circles of scratches on the phone, and the rest of it will look fine. Mm. If you're going to have a case, you protect the whole phone. Well, you sh- you showed us a moment ago that you have you have an iPhone five, yes, and you've purchased an iPhone five S leather case, yes. which does fit. Yes, will they fit the five Cs? No, they won't. So the five S and the fives are the same dimensions. Um, and the 5S case they're promoting is a 5S case, but it does say in fine print ca- compatible with the iPhone 5. Okay, so why won't it fit the 5C? Uh, because the, the shape of the back is different. Hmm, okay. So, oh, a bit more curved, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. yeah, it's a bit thicker, <clears throat> I think. Yeah. Uh, look, the, the, um, the, the, in terms of the leather, the case, um, I think it's, I think it's quite a good case. I mean, it is designed to wear and I've got no issue with that. Um, but the the criticism I do have of it is that while it does provide decent coverage to the ports on the bottom, um, the lightning connector is now useless with things like the Apple Lightning um, uh, adapter, dock adapter, and also I bought a Belkin dock a while ago, lightning dock, and it is useless on that. Apple are releasing new docks, aren't they? They do, and I yeah, are they are they extended connectors to factor in the cases? No, I don't no. think so. The the five S dock, there's two docks. It's the five S and five C docks. The five S uh, fits the fives, and the five C is a slightly bigger, deeper um, hole. No pun intended. Uh, where the five C can fit as well, just because it the, is slightly larger. The thing that I find disappointing about that is that the dock is designed specifically for the phone. Is that correct? Sorry, is the the new dock is designed specifically for the phone? Uh, the five C, yeah, and the five S, I should say. Yes, yeah, but th- but then mind you, because the five C, five S, and five are the same shape. That yeah, yeah. But the, the the thing was was that the one thing that Apple did have in the old thirty pin dock world was that they provided um, uh, they had a universal dock that had the adapter, so you would have a, a fairly deep thirty uh, pin dock shell, and then you could put an appropriate adapter into it um, depending on the device that you had. Now I did use those quite heavily when I had my old phones. Obviously it became useless when I upgraded to the iPhone 5. Um, we'll have a look at that in a minute. But, um, the, but yeah, but they've got no universal docks. Now, the, the reason why I did like that was because there was a few cases I bought for the old iPhone 4 where it came, certain brands of cases came with a dock adapter designed to fit the case. So it was designed for putting your phone with a case in the dock because taking your phone out of the case all the time is a waste of time. Would you not agree? 
Yes. Okay. Sorry, I'm, I'm distracted looking at Apple's product page, cool. uh, getting some information. Yes. Mm. I'm just distracted by um, the chat as well, talking about boring things. Anyway, um, let's go to more Apple news. Apple found to be using advanced multipath TCP networking in iOS 7. After iOS 7 launched on Wednesday, it was discovered that Apple included a new networking protocol called Multipath TCP in the next-gen operating system, allowing devices like the iPhone to uh, simul- simultaneously use multiple interfaces such as cellular and Wi-Fi to transfer data. That's interesting stuff. It is. Uh, I'm not intimately familiar with uh, Multipath TCP. Um the crux of it basically means that uh, the operating system or the, the handset will, in theory, pick the best path to use for uh, a data connection. Uh, as I said, I'm not that familiar with it, but it can be a little dangerous because if it, uh, if you're connected to Wi-Fi and the Wi-Fi goes down, I hope that doesn't mean that the phone will drop back to cellular if you're transferring a large file. I hope not, too. Yeah. I mean, there'd have to be safeguards built in for that. I don't know. But as I said, I don't know a great deal about multipath TCP. Um, I will have to do a bit more reading up about it. But uh, I think basically uh, this means a more smooth and transparent experience for the end user. Mm-hmm. So if something does go wrong, you just won't even know about it. It'll just it'll just work. Good. Um I'm just having a quick look now through the article. Um, basically, just what I've said, it just pushes, uh, it, it allows the protocol to push data through the most efficient network, leading to fewer dropouts. And if so, if one channel fails, another will take over. But as I said, I really don't know how that's going to factor in with cellular data limits. So I don't know. I'm sure Apple have factored that in. On a side note, in regards to cellular data limits, they've ex- they've increased it now as well. It's actually a hundred megabytes for over the air downloads. Over the air yeah. downloads, yes, which is not unreasonable, I think. Yeah. Um, and uh, I mean, I think there was a good article or good uh, comment about it, saying that remember that developers have restricted their size to be uh, applications to be around the fifty meg uh, um, uh, size limit. So it'd be good to see them double size now because it's mm. allowable look personally though i would much prefer it if apple would give me that decision i mean I, I get plenty of data each month leave it off by default you need to explicitly enable it to uh, be able to download a, a large file make it much easier as, as opposed to just having an arbitrary limit that's just me though yeah but, but, then, but because you 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 know what you're doing. Yeah. That's I mean, we, we've read many articles in the papers recently, and Fairfax seemed to love doing this, about the idiotic parent who give an iPad to uh, a three-year-old, and the three-year-old goes on an in-app purchase buying spree, costing them thousands upon thousands of dollars. But not just that. I mean, I think there's been other stories about just people just exceeding their data limits. Mm. I, in fact, I was in one um, um, uh, telephone store, a mobile carrier, Mm-hmm. And uh, I it was uh, overheard a customer complaining about you know having exceeded her done limit, but she doesn't download anything. I don't use. I don't know how to use this phone. I don't know wh- what I'm doing. Pretty much. So. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. Um, can I ask a question, Dan? Yes. Did you now? You've installed iOS seven. Yes. Much like I have and Phil. Yes. 
did anyone actually read the terms and conditions no. of iOS 7 before never they installed? Do. Never do. No. Mm. Now, I'm still trying to work out if this is a, uh, a joke or not. But it's, it's a joke. joke. Sorry? It's a joke. It's a joke, is it? it? And I think the link's down too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you look at the cached, is it yes. in Chrome? It comes up with a cached version yep. that actually says uh, it's a spoof. Oh, well, that's disappointing. But uh, it was stated in the Huffington Post that uh, on page forty-six of the iOS terms and conditions, uh, Apple had put in some fairly nonsensical uh, conditions into their uh, agreement. Uh, Basically, just saying things like, uh, oh, well, you've made it this far. Uh, no one really reads this far into the terms and conditions. Tony in fl- uh, floor number five of Apple HQ smells of sardines. Hmm. Uh, they faked the moon landings. They did it back in 2008, but brainwashed just to believe it was back in 1969. Uh, and the only products that they sell in the Apple cafeteria are Apple-based. Apple juice, Apple flapjacks, toffee apples. And they get fired if we're caught eating anything without apples. Mm. <laughs> yeah. I'm allergic to apples and I'm always so hungry. I like that line. It's good. Mm. All right, uh, let's go to some more Apple news. Lots of it here. Apple's A7 is made by Samsung. So from the guys from iFixit have uh, opened up an uh, Apple iOS 5, uh, Apple iPhone, sorry, 5S. And I found that the actual A7 processor chip, this 64-bit processor that I have, is still made by Samsung. Ooh. Mm. They're Interesting. Their rival, their rival company to them. I think with uh, the Galaxy Note 3, that's already hitting the 3, three gigahertz quad-core processor on, on a mobile phone. Mm-hmm. Crazy to think about. Um well, correct me if I'm wrong here, but the A5, the A6, and the A7, they were all designed in-house by Apple, is that yes. right? And the A7's designed in-house. Yes. In-house. But, but they, they're they, made externally. They're made externally. Yes. Well, okay. everything everything Apple makes is made externally. Mm-hmm. Um, I just know that we, well, we know of recent times that they're moving to try and take away some of that off Samsung, but how well they do is another issue. Yeah, I think it'd be a, a prolonged thing. It's not going to be an overnight thing. No, because I think that they're looking at their, their... I think there was one of the discussions they had about chips are being made in the United States and things like that, so... Yeah. yeah. Well, See, that's where they're moving towards. But that'd be a big source of income for Samsung. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And that's why a company like Intel is trying to get into that as well. They're, they're promoting their... You know, using companies like Apple to sort of promote, hey, this is our new processors, they're smaller more energy efficient, and they're faster as well. And they're gradually getting tinier and tinier as well. But in regards to processes, the main person, main company you would speak to is Intel. But still, Apple hasn't bitten that bait in order to use Intel processes as of yet. Mm. But we'll wait and see. Let's oh. look at some more news. Um, hackers offered over $13,000 to crack iPhones, fingerprint security, and I believe they were successful. I believe they were. Yes. Um, so with the new iPhone 5Ss, they now have a fingerprint scanning option. So, yes. And um, uh, did you guys try out the demo as I, well? I in, did, in, yeah. in store. So if you do go into an Apple store, you can actually try out this feature. So there's an actual app called Touch ID, which is in uh, demo mode, and you can try out the actual um, fingerprint scanner. And it isn't too bad. Like It probably added a, 
it'd probably work about eight, nine times out of ten for me. So what we should point out is even though the iPhones in the Apple Store are in demo mode, they will still send the fingerprints to the NSA. Yeah, yeah. yeah just be Par- apparently people have been using nipples to. Uh to uh, and have been getting that authenticated uh, on the iPhone. Uh, there's I, been people I, that are using one. cats, cats. Um, yeah, I, I, did, paws, I saw a video about a cat. A cat. Uh, so next time you see someone on the train and they put their phone down their bra, you know what they're doing. No. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're trying to make a phone call. Oh dear. But yeah, uh, but in that in that purchase. Yeah. yeah, but as Dan said, someone has already cracked the uh, Touch ID security. Yes, the, the biometrics hacking team of the Chaos Computer Club have successfully bypassed the biometric security of Apple's Touch ID using easy everyday means. A fingerprint of the phone user photographed from a glass surface was enough to create a fake finger that could unlock an iPhone 5S secured with Touch ID. This demonstrates, again, that fingerprint biometrics is unsuitable as access control methods and should be avoided. Now, firstly, we mentioned last episode, last week, that um, apparently a dead finger wouldn't be able to uh, activate Correct, yeah. a, um, a Touch ID this, uh, yeah, fingerprint scanning uh, system. But as we mentioned, too, people can use cat paws, and as this uh, Chaos Computer Club have proven, they're able to... Um, oh, hang, on, hang on, hang on. To be fair, in the instance of cat paws, yes, the phone was set up to recognise the cat paws. Yes, it wasn't bypassed oh, yeah, using cat. Yeah. But in this case, with the Chaos Computer Club, they're a German uh, group. Let's keep in mind that they had specialised equipment and technology. They weren't just using everyday household items, uh, you know. So that they were using equipment that they had specifically for bypassing this uh, biometric feature. So let's just keep that in mind. So if biometrics aren't suddenly useless. No. But uh, I don't know. I, 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 in, in, in one sense, I mean, I mean, is it still secure? I mean, it is, it is secure, but is it still as secure as a password? Okay, well, let's think about it. How much data is on an iPhone that's that valuable to someone that they would go to that much effort to get your fingerprint. Corporately, could be that. Corporately. But if it was that sensitive, corporate probably not, wouldn't. Not even, not even that. Like, I mean, there are thieves that, that just need information of individuals. All, all, they, all, the, all they want is phone numbers and email addresses. And, and, and well, look, let's be fair. Look, look, look what Romanian, Romanian gangs go to to uh, skim ATMs. Hmm. I suppose, you know, if, if you can... I mean, yeah. look, 3D printers. I and, saw one for a uh, hundred bucks on Kickstarter. Yeah. And so, look, in regards to the fingerprint scanning, I guess the best benefit of it is that it offers some form of security for the lazy people out there. Before this, it was using either a password or a four-digit code, mm-hmm. and I doubt a lot of normal people, not non-geeks, would have found that annoying as well. Using your thumb just to like. As as to unlock your phone is a lot easier, and it is some form of security. Yeah. yeah, that's that's probably the best benefit. Absolutely. Mm. All so, right. So, can I ask a question? Uh, none of us own five S's. No, no. But uh, if we did, would you? Because it, it's one or the other. It's a passcode or fingerprint. What would you go? I'd probably try the the fingerprint for a while and see how it goes. Yeah, I'll have to try it out. As well, but I, I do have a, a four-digit code. 
But can you can you so is that can you have both? That's yeah. Is that can you have both? I don't think so. I think it's one or the other. Um, but the fingerprints also used to verify for uh, app store purchases. Yeah, or or Apple purchases. Uh, Whereas the passcode doesn't do that. You'd use your Apple ID passcode. So it'd be a two layer approach in that case. Uh, I don't know. I might have to get someone who has actually bought a 5S to verify if it's both. But uh, I suppose, what would you feel more comfortable with, the fingerprint or the passcode? Well, the fingerprint would sound easier, but um, I'd just have to see how it goes. It's like Siri. How often? I mean, Siri is fantastic, but how often do you use it? Yeah. Uh, in regards for use, a fingerprint sounds safer. But, um, yeah, it's cases like this that you can, you can bypass it. But then at the end of the day... If someone is intended, intending to try and break into your phone, um, th- there'll be a means to do so. I think one good article, and one, well, let's go into a side note here. Last week we had an article about this, but there was one point that they said with iOS 7 and with this finger scanning um, feature, it should have allowed ability to n- have it pop up if you're going to turn the phone off. Mm-hmm. So if someone does steal your phone, they can't just turn off your phone and you would have services like iCloud with Find My Phone that will try and find your phone, but you can easily uh, stop that by turning off your phone. So if you had an option where if you were turning off your phone and you needed to scan your thumb, then yeah, that would yeah. work. Fair enough. Cool. Uh, uh, chat room feedback. Uh, yes. Passcode from Huggies. Passcode from Wu-Sang. Train Man says testicles. Of course he would. Oh my god! Hmm. So never. Here's, here's a point: if uh, train man ever offers to loan you his phone to make a call, decline. Yeah, unless it's got yeah, just decline. Yeah. So anyway, but you mentioned uh, iOS seven before. Yes. Did you read about the adoption rate? Yes. About that. Uh, supposedly, uh, it's been the fastest adopted iOS to date. I think they've had 30% of activated devices already updated in the first uh, three days, I think, with the figures. Uh, it's pretty impressive, that one. Uh, absolutely. Um, uh, I saw, I was using a phone today. Uh, someone at work had a phone that had uh, was an iPhone 4 with iOS um, uh, 7 on it. Mm-hmm. It was shocking. Well, uh, I uh, was uh, I caught up with one of our listeners, Laura, the other day, or as you refer to her, Rachel. Uh, she calls you Shane, I think. <clears throat> yeah, that's yeah. right. Um, but she has an uh, an iPhone four. Uh, she put iOS seven on on launch day, and it actually runs pretty well. For I mean, not as well as it does on the newer yeah. models, but I was surprised at how uh, I suppose uh, responsive it was uh, for an older phone. Yeah. Um, the other issue that had occurred with uh, iOS 7 uh, was for some for a number of Telstra users. Uh, oh, this yeah. happened on Friday morning um, when people either purchased new phones or had upgraded after uh, after uh, on Friday to iOS 7. Uh, iMessage stopped working. Sorry. Uh, Phil was going to say iMessage for <clears throat> him and as well as other consumers. A lot of other people. Mm, uh, iMessage stopped working. So basically when, when you upgraded, it would then have to reactivate the phone on the iMessage service and it sat there saying waiting for activation. Now, this, we've had no official response from Telstra on this. Um, 
using their social media tools and what have you. But from what I can see, Telstra decide to use a very different method to the other carriers in authorising their device. Telstra, um, uh, Optus and Vodafone, the way it works is when uh, you turn on iMessage, a, uh, a iMessage is sent to a UK number uh, and it then verifies um, that the phone is obviously an iPhone and, and here's the number it's coming from and the service is turned on. When Tel- Telstra, however, have decided to install their own iMessaging server and when you turn on the service, turned on the service from them uh, on Friday, uh, it wasn't verifying the system. And uh, I know that the Telstra Twitter team, social media team, um, were getting a lot of people asking about it, and it oh, fixed yeah. at about two o'clock yesterday afternoon. So uh, I know that I was crapping on about it all weekend. A lot of other people had the issue, but it seems to finish now. So, yeah, so a bit of a stuff up from Telstra. I just wonder if it was a uh, directive from Apple that Telstra not discuss uh, any outages related to the iPhone. Who knows? Yeah, it could be. Could be. So that's just speculation. Cool. All right, we're going going to go to another song and then we're going to talk about some entertainment news. Cool. Here's a tame Impala. Thank you. 
You're listening to Geeks Interrupted on 3WBC 94.1 FM. That was Tame Impala Kitchens with Elephant. All right. Uh, we, we got some entertainment news. Have we? Yes, we do. Really? Yes, we do. Now, as usual, we always play a song that you guys need to guess. Uh, hopefully it's not too loud, but let me know. I know this one. Got to be E Street. Close. Oh, number 96. Mm, close. Sure. You got any idea? Oh, yeah. Do you want to actually say what the answer is? Yes. Home and away, man. There you go. Home and away. I had to kick Phil there because he was uh, engaged in chat room conversations. Yeah. I remember watching the very first episode. That's the old version, too. Yes, it yeah. is. I remember watching the very first episode of Home and Away, and that was in February 1988, I'm pretty sure. And then there was the original version of The Neighbours Theme that was sung by Barry Crocker. Really? Yeah. Wow. That was on Channel 7, wasn't it? Was Neighbours on Channel 7? Well, the Channel 10 version, but Neighbours was on Channel 7 for a year, Mm -hmm. and then it moved to Channel 10. Wow. I'm just pretty sure. I'm just thinking the date. That was 24th or something of February 1988. It went to air. Probably. I think. Something like that. I'm going to look it up on Wikipedia. That, I think that was Channel t- uh, Channel 10. Cool. It went on because it, on Channel 7, I think it was. So are we talking about Home and Away or Neighbours? Oh, neighbours. I'm about oh, Home and Away. I don't care about it. I don't watch either of them. All right. Do you care about a country practice day? Sorry. 17th of January 1988. <clears throat> All right. Do, I do care about a country practice now. Just, I'll leave you with this. Don't, don't, just, I'll say this. Have you ever tried to do a country practice in charades? No. Second word, first syllable. Ah, oh, okay. <laughs> there you go. Thank anyway. God. Anyway. All right, but we got some sad news and I'm going to pass it on to Andy. Do to we? Talk about it. Yes. Some sad news. Now that can only mean one thing. Yes. Country practice. During the week we had the, uh, very, very sad news that uh, Joyce Jacobs, who is best known as Esme Watson on A Country Practice. Yes. Uh, she was also in number 96. I think she had a role in number 96, which was a bit before my time. Absolutely. Uh, she passed away aged 91. Uh, that was on Friday, last Friday, I think, or on the weekend. Um yeah, she had a role in number 96, uh, The Young Doctors, but uh, as I said, best known for her work as Esme Watson, the town gossiper on a country practice. Um, she had suffered Parkinson's disease for 10 years. Um, she'd retired with her husband, David, who had passed away before her. Um, and yeah. she resided in a rest home facility, right on cue. There we go. Good on you. So, yeah, that's pretty sad. I mean, I, I think Esme, I mean, I actually did enjoy watching a country practice when I was young, mm-hmm. when it was on. It was, I, I enjoyed I, it. I, I probably saw the reruns. Yeah, but right. I think I, I really enjoyed Esme as, uh, as a character. Um, yeah. Cool. They're very sad. Yes. It is. But we also had another death as well this week. Um, Nintendo visionary uh, Hiroshi... Oh, I'm going to ruin the name here. Sorry about that. Um... Hiroshi Yamauchi died at aged 85. 
He was a plumber, wasn't he? No. Actually, I'm not quite sure what he did. Uh, the Japanese oh. businessman credited with transforming Nintendo into a world-leading video games company has died age 85. He ran the firm for 53 years and was the second largest shareholder at the time of his death. So, what I recall, uh, Nintendo was a uh, card game company. They, they had, like, uh, playing cards. Really? Yep. And then from then wow. on, they um, went into electronics and um, headed off with the NES the Nintendo Entertainment System and so forth as well. So um, I think he did retire probably a few years ago, so that was probably during when um, GameCube, I think, maybe came out. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't. And after that, they had the Wii and the Wii U. And so far, it's been up and down for Nintendo, so we'll, we'll see how they go. Shut up, Mario. There we go. Mario. Mario. So he's, uh, he's moved on. His princess is in another castle. Mm-hmm. Well, he's dead. So, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, sorry for any disrespect to uh, Mr. Yamauchi's family, but had to get the joke in. If you can call it a joke. Oh, for God's sake, Daniel, that was taking it too far. <laughs> no, I was sitting up for another entertainment news story. Uh, Billy Conley had uh, cancer surgery. And, uh, <laughs> That's a shocking segue. Yes. Uh, comedian and actor Billy Conley had, has, has had surgery for prostate cancer. But unfortunately, he has been diagnosed with Parkinson's disease. It was Parkinson's this week. I don't know. It's it's all over the place. It's catching. Yeah. <laughs> the operation was a total success, though, as well. And uh, the doctor did say that he can keep acting and, and going on tours as well. Mm-hmm. There you go. There we go. Uh, he's 70, is he? Yes. Wow. You wouldn't know it, would you? No. Looks a lot older. You know how we call this the entertainment section? Yes. Yes. Th- these stories aren't very entertaining. They're they very sad, actually. They are. We've got any, any entertaining news? Um, I'll jump a story into uh, one of the stories into this one. Uh, Jack Black is in negotiations to star in Goosebumps movie for Sony. So School of Rock star Jack Black is close to returning to Family Fair as he's in negotiations to star in Sony Pictures' adaptation of R.L. Stein's best-selling book series, Goosebumps. If the deal closes, he will reunite with director Rob Letterman, who worked with Black on um, uh, Gulliver's Travels and Shark Tale. An individual familiar with the script tells that Black would play a Stein-like author whose scary characters literally leapt off the page, forcing him to hide from his own creepy creations. Goosebumps is one of the most popular children's book series ever surpassed only by Harry Potter in total sales with more than 300 million copies sold worldwide. The series has been published in over 32 languages and was successfully adapted as a TV series by um, Scholastic Entertainment for the Fox Kids Network, where it was rated number one for four seasons and aired in over 100 countries. And that's dear to my heart because I, I used to read uh, Goosebumps mm-hmm. at school and I did watch the TV series as well. Which was, you know, It wasn't scary, but it was fun to watch. Ooh, yeah, excuse me, yeah. Is that entertaining mm. enough? Is that less? Yeah, it was yeah. okay. It was, it was sort of entertaining. Yeah, it was all right. Yeah, cool. I'll, gi- I'll give it a five out of ten. Can I, five can out I, of ten. Can I? Can I do a That's segue? Horrible, horrible ratings you'd give me. Can I? Can I do a segue? Yes, you yes. can. I, I would give you five tomatoes out of ten. You bastard! Why? Oh, because rotten tomatoes are giving fresh ratings to TV shows now. 
A popular movie mm. review website, Rotten Tomatoes, will now also start tracking television shows. Reviews will cover all the new fall scripted series as well as shows that have aired on primetime over the last four years that received coverage by critics from major media outlets. Uh, Rotten Tomato follows. You will not track reality shows, ding. Uh, for the older shows like Breaking Bad and Mad Men, uh, quote, we'll go back to the beginning and include reviews from of their earlier seasons. There you go. So do you guys use uh, Rotten Tomatoes to check out movie no, reviews? No. I do occasionally as well. I mean, it is... And I use another uh, app, uh, Flickster, and that yes. one uh, actually uses Rotten Tomatoes reviews to show how good or bad a movie is. So h- how does... Uh, I've never used Rotten Tomatoes. Rotten Tomatoes, what it does, it, it sort of um, curates um, major reviewers' um, reviews. Mm-hmm. On on movies and 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 work out a scale of whether they said it was good or bad or okay, and they'll add up those figures and give out an overall score. So none of it is, is no user or crowd content at all. Or? It's sort of crowd content and is, uh, con- there is crowd content as well. So you mm-hmm. can see what the critics, the professionals say, and then you can also see what users think as well. So users can actually put in their reviews and and put up, uh, I think, uh, five stars, or whatever. For for a movie, and looks okay, like they'll be enough. doing the same for uh, TV shows. Oh, there we go. Awesome. Cool. Yeah. Um, Harvest Festival cancelled. Hang on, sorry. Uh, just getting the headline. AJ Madar buys into Big Day Out. Who put this article in? Yeah, I think I did. Yes. Did you want to talk about it? Not, not particularly. I just put it into, you know, to fill up the entertainment section. Okay. But if helps. you want me to talk about it. It helps if you do read it, if you're going to. Yeah, I don't read it. anything, to be I honest. I just, I just chuck it in there and leave the work up to you. That's why people listen. Yeah. No, uh, a week after declaring that uh, his Harvest Festival was pretty effing unlikely to return, I did uh, censor that word there, uh, festival boss AJ Maddar has confirmed its cancellation. Uh, he posted on Twitter, uh, stating, I'm very sad to confirm that Harvest 2013 is cancelled. Uh, all tickets will be 100% refunded, including charges, in the coming weeks. And uh, there will be announcements forthcoming regarding headline shows uh, in the next uh, next week or so. Uh, but uh, I believe that some of those headline acts will be transferred to other festivals. So, <coughs> Interesting. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't attend. Uh, I've never been to a music festival. Um, have you been, Phil? No, not really. No, getting too old for that. Yeah, I'm already old for that as well. There's been Future Music Festival that's out, and yeah, is it Soundwave that's coming up though? That that yeah. one does it does sound appealing, but I still couldn't do it. Yeah. yeah. So yes, last time. See, the issue with festivals now is, like, it, yeah, obviously, um, you're getting older. There's a lot of younger people there as well. Mm-hmm. Um, worst bit, I do prefer dance music festivals, and they're just full of these... Uh, just these, I can't even say the words, because that's quite naughty. Uh, really buffed-up guys, and they're just up themselves, arrogant. That's just my opinion. Wankers? There. Mm-hmm, wankers. That's a yeah. good description. Do, do you think uh, that uh, music festivals have had their day? No, 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 no. They 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 still have the appeal, but it's I don't know if it's just me getting older, being grumpy about it, or it's the actual attendance or audience has changed. But I think the music's still good, but it is the the type of people that are going there now as well. I I, I had a lot more fun when I was younger. 
Okay, because I think sort of drawing on what you said, the people who went, the old school people when they were younger, back in the early 90s onwards, went to enjoy the music. Yep. Yes. Now, it's just, I, suppose, I, I hate to say this, but they're just the posers and the ones who say, how oh, I've been to a music festival, let's go there and get uh, rat-arsed and shit-faced and, you know, not there for the music as such. No, and look, and I think it depends on what bands have been chosen for that particular event and things like that. Mm. So. Look, we'd love to hear what you've got to say at Geeks on Air or it's on via Twitter, facebook.com forward slash Geeks Interrupted or via our website, geeksinterrupted.fm. All right, let's go to one last song before we finish off. Here's uh, Paul Simon.
You're listening to Geeks Interrupted on 3WBC 94.1 FM. That was Paul Simon with Late in the Evening. Thank you for that, Paul. That's very fitting, isn't it, considering that uh, it's very late in the show. It is. Oh, no, I think I actually had the volumes down a bit as well. Hopefully that will turn out well in the recording if you do listen to the podcast. And if you are listening live, hopefully you did enjoy that song mm-hmm. as well. It's the end of the show. Is it? Guys, what have you learned this week, Phil? Yes, I have learned that um, Coles now sell peanut butter ice creams. Oh, really? So Are they like, Coles branded stuff? Yeah, so you know, like there's the fake Magnums, so there's the Cole branded like Magnums. They have a peanut butter version and they're awesome. That's good. So there you go. Andy, what have you learned this week? Well, I've uh, learned, we all know there's the uh, Dummies books and the Idiot's Guide to books. Yep. Uh, I discovered today that there is the complete Idiot's Guide to the World of Harry Potter. Oh, good. I'll probably use that or read that or download it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, this is actually a uh, a printed uh, dead tree book. Oh, okay. So, there's no ebook version of it. I don't know. I didn't look. But, uh, yeah, I mean, how dumb have you got to be to need one of these things? I don't know. Dan, what have you learnt this week? Uh, I've learnt two things. One, just now, uh, I forgot to mention about the Emmys, but unfortunately we didn't have any good articles to read on about the Emmys, so I do suggest uh, you search Emmys on the internet, go to Fairfax uh, News Sources, any good news sites, and and they'll talk about who won the Emmys, because I'm not quite sure. Mm-hmm. The other thing I learnt is uh went mattress shopping as well. On a DFO and bought a, quite a good mattress for half price. Thank you, Bev Marks, for that. Anyway, you've been listening to Geeks Interrupted. Uh, you can check out our website at geeksinterrupted.fm. We also have a Twitter, which is at Geeks On Air. And we also have a Facebook page. Phil, what is our Facebook page? Facebook.com forward slash Geeks Interrupted. Cool. Uh, you can catch us again live next Monday from 8 to 10 p.m. Australian Eastern Standard Time here at 3WBC. And we also have a podcast. You can check out our podcast on iTunes. Go to geeksinterrupted.fm slash podcast. And, and that'll be up uh, tomorrow morning. Yes, it will. Thanks to Andy and his hard work on it. Guys, do you have anything else to say? Not tonight. No, we've got about a minute to kill, haven't we? Yes. No, we'll kill it by packing up now. Oh, okay. I'm going to catch you all later. No worries. All right, see you later. Thank you for listening, and bye. bye. See you, everyone. Have a see you next week. Catch ya. This is William. Let me take my love to me. Put on the telly. Hi, this is Neil Butler from Radio Gaga, and if you enjoy the wide variety of programs presented on 94.13 WBC, we would like you to become a member. Members can support the running of the station by participating in the management committee and working groups, training as presenters and producers, and becoming involved in fundraisers and special events. To find out how to get more out of your community radio station, visit our studio in the Box Hill Town Hall Hub or call us during business hours on 9285 4846 
or visit our website at www.3wbc.org.au and select membership. A new and satisfying interest will be yours when you join the 94.1 3WBC team. We are your community radio station and the voice of the Inner East. I'm talking about a lifetime.